You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is week 22 of The Owen 60 Podcast, and I am alone in studio for this week's show, but I am joined on the phone by Colin Ward, just the way things were working out this weekend. Uh, we couldn't make it on our usual, rec- okay, I couldn't make it on our usual recording day, so we might as well, I'm at work, I have a two-hour break, so let's record a show. Um, so oh, yeah. Colin Ward joins me on the line. Colin, what's up? Nothing much. Was on the pool deck, got rained out, Not in a pretty cool studio. Yeah, it's supposed to rain a lot tonight and we're recording yeah. this on friday for anyone listening to this uh on uh it's debut early on recorded. tuesday so yeah, early recorded this week yeah um but we're only recording about i don't know probably 30 to 40 minutes of this because we are again for the second straight week joined by oh, a guest yeah um We've tied our streak, our interview streak, at two. And that's a, that's a franchise record, two guests, uh, two straight weeks. So we'll try and get one next week, too. We'll see what happens. But uh, Yeah, we're in, the t- we're in talks. We're in talks. Yeah, we're in talks with a couple teams, uh, one from the East and one from the West. So uh, oh, yeah. updates coming up. Oh, yeah, we just got to pull the trigger. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, so on this week's show, we are joined again by a uh, Niagara Ice Dog, the second in three weeks, uh, JQ Birdie. Uh, will join us. Car. Yeah, man with the nicest car in the league. <laughs> Seems to have the most guests in his car as well. Yeah, full house. Yeah, that's one thing though that I was told uh, when I first turned sixteen, or I guess getting close to sixteen, because my birthday's in the summer and I was never at school for it. But uh, and this would annoy me too. But in the, at the same time, it's kind of good advice. Like everyone was like, "Don't be a taxi to everyone," because They'll yeah. never pay you for gas or anything, and you'll just be like out there driving, and you'll have to put gas in your own car, and you know yeah, people will ta- start taking advantage of you or whatever. Yeah, I'm not a big taxi guy myself either. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't see. I can't remember any time I've gone out of my way to just say, "Hey, you need a ride somewhere." Like I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Unless like we're going to like the same place, and like if it's on the way, or like you live by me or something, you go yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay. Um, so kind of wrecks that now, anyways. Well, yeah, that's very true. But um, I think the one time I did it was for like baseball when we were playing, like, because yeah. we had to switch from ICBA to COBA because ICBA teams didn't seem to want to field any junior clubs. So it was basically just us, uh, Simcoe slash Dover, uh, Stratford, Kitchener, and Guelph had already left, but I didn't like Guelph anyways. Um, yeah, does. so we had to join like the Burlington's, the Mississaugas, Oakville's, like all of those teams. So like a couple of us would like carpool or whatever to those games, which made sense. But yeah, um, other than that, There's I can't think of anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We did that a couple of times with baseball, like when I was playing at Simcoe, like we were going to Brantford or something. It was only a half hour down the road. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's a topic that I've seen a couple people discuss on like Twitter and Instagram or whatever is. If the OHL season does end up starting on time and whether there are fans in the stands or not, uh, how the bus trips would work out? Would players be driving? Like, say the Ice Dogs, and this works out perfectly, say the Ice Dogs and Bulldogs were playing each other, and whether it was at the Meridian Center or at the first Ontario Center, would you just say to the player, stupid laptop, um... Would you just be like, you know what? It's half an hour. It's like 25 minutes, half an hour away. We'll reimburse you for parking. Just drive yourself. Yeah, that's fine. I think you could also see teams possibly take a couple cube vans. Ooh, yeah. Get a couple guys in there at once. Yeah. Four or five seater. Maybe possibly even more. Some of those things I think that eight, not 100% sure. We're going to have to look that up. My homework this week. <laughs> How many seats are cube man? I mean, if you can fit up to eight, you get like rent four to five of those. Yeah. I mean, there's space. And I mean, if you're not going that far, I know a couple of junior C teams rent one or two from oh, around geez. here. Because a lot of the players, a lot of the players live in other towns, right? So they don't have yeah. to drive. They're separate. And if not, you just meet up at the rink and just take a cube van and just ride with the team. Well, yeah, and that's where... It saves boss money as well. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. And well, for Junior C, it makes sense, especially where around where we are. Uh, I think it's called the South Doherty Division or um, something like mm-hmm. that, uh, where you got Paris, not Air yeah, anymore. They They're in Junior B, like Paris, Burford. Um, Simcoe was in the league at one point. Uh, you have Delhi, yeah, really like, like yeah, like yeah, all the teams, all the teams that are close. Like, might as well just drive. It's pointless to rent a bus for that. Like Burford and sure. Burford and Paris are what 10 15 minutes away from each other. Like, yeah, why would you rent a bus? Most. That's dumb, yeah, yeah, for sure. But that's that's where the equipment comes into it, right? Like, how do you fit the equipment in those cube vans with the players? Well, they like, the tra- they got the trailers, right? So, let's have to put it in a yeah. trailer. Yeah, that's the that's the one thing that I see from only one team are uh, the Kitchener Rangers. They always the drive trailer? up. Yeah, they always drive to away games, whether they tie a trailer to the back of the bus or someone drives a truck. Off? Yeah, it's like yeah. a Rangers branded think, type trailer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think I saw Flint do that this year as well. Oh, just, uh, for equipment. I mean, underneath the bus, it gets full uh, pretty quick. So yeah, just bring a trailer. Well, they, I, I think Kitchener also brings uh, a couple, not treadmill, the bikes, like the stationary bikes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because the guys like to get their uh, feet warm and stuff before the game and like after practice and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about Niagara. They provide those. Yeah. So, I don't yeah, know if all away, I don't, I don't know if all arenas do that, but I can tell you Niagara does. And Hamilton, Hamilton I like, does. I feel a couple do. I yeah. Feel like probably most do. They're there, probably. That's the one thing. Maybe. I haven't seen them in London. When I was there with the Ice Dogs and down at the dressing room at ice level or whatever, that's one thing I never saw with their treadmills or any, like, workout equipment for the visitors. Yeah, that's funny. I don't I don't know. I haven't had my uh, press box game yet. Yeah. <laughs> you said you've been in the press box once or twice. Yeah, but not in uh, London. Oh, I thought, you, I thought you said you went in there a couple no. times just to say hi to Mike. No, not yet. I was outside. Oh. Was outside. Oh, okay. Yeah, not yet. All right. Well, that'll, be a, that'll be a fun one. Yeah, we'll get you in there. It's a nice press box right at center ice. It's perfect. Uh, oh, yeah. They're the best seats in the house. You just got to avoid uh, fans throwing stuff at you if you're part of the visitor's broadcast because they're, like, right behind you. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm a peacekeeper. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, so to our first topic... Well, I guess our second topic now is our first planned topic, but um, the OHL Coach of the Year debate. And I know this award Ooh. didn't wasn't uh, wasn't handed out recently. Uh, it was about a few days ago, maybe like maybe a week ago, probably now. Um, not a big math guy, as everyone Monday. knows. The ele- the eleventh Monday. Okay. The 11th. Um, so yeah about eight days ago and a lot of people have been chatting and giving their thoughts on who they thought should have won. Andre Tournier eventually took it home uh, as 67s were tops uh, in the OHL. I think second, second or third in the CHL. I can't remember. I know they're second for sure because I'm pretty sure sure Sherbrooke. Yeah, second of like in the top 10 rankings for sure. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure second. Yeah, they finished with 101 points, a record of 50, 11, 0, and 1. So, wow, never lost in overtime. I never looked at that, uh, their record before uh, today. So, Yeah, that's solid. Eh? Yeah, nice to get it done uh, um, uh, before extra time or in extra time. Obviously, ROW is still a factor, whereas the NHL, it's just regulation wins. There's no overtime yeah, wins included in that as well. But uh, we'll... Give your take first, Colin, because a couple candidates have uh, have come up about who probably uh, should have gotten it or if anyone thinks that anyone else should have gotten it. There weren't really nominations. Like, I guess there's three you could put, Tournier, Hunter, and uh, for me it would be Wellwood. But, uh, Colin, what are your thoughts on uh, Tournier getting it and, well, if someone else should have gotten it? Yeah, I mean, it's a, right down to Tournier or Dale Hunter, I believe. I mean... Dale Hunter is going twenty-two and three since the trade deadline is incredible. I mean, nine and one in their last ten before the season ended abruptly. A quick ending there, and uh, I mean, it's tough. I feel like Dale should have got the win just because his record. He hasn't won it in the last ten years, so that's pretty like astonishing to me. Because I mean, Dale Hunter, and like he just had the big year with Canada and London looked very good. Like I said, nine and one in the last ten. I believe Dale Hunter or uh, Eric Wellwood should have won it because of Flint's uh, 
quick turnaround from last season. I mean, it wasn't they were a bad team, and I mean the GM made some big moves to get Popovich, Lalonde. I mean, Wellwood just turned that team around. So I feel like it should have been Wellwood or Hunter, but Turney is a great pick, and it was right there for the taking. It was a close one. Well, yeah, I feel like uh, Wellwood should have got a little bit more looked at, and uh, there was a tweet that came out from uh, London, the London Free Press's Ryan Pyatt, who is very active on Twitter. He covers the Knights a lot about who possibly those other two uh, uh, nominations would be. And the votes in the West, Wellwood got some. Uh, is it Lazari? Lazari. Lazari, yeah. Yeah, I've always struggled with that. So the two uh, Michigan coaches in there where uh, most of the votes went to them and not Hunter and then uh, the Eastern Conference coaches voting for Tournier because, well, they saw firsthand the 67s at one time or another, dismantle their team. Um, so, you know, yeah. I, there's a belief. There's a belief right now that the West split between Lazary and Wellwood, and then the East was majority Tournier, and the rest between the split and the West were for Tournier. For, uh, Tournier. So that's what the that's what the results happened. So Hunter didn't receive a lot of votes by the sound of it. Well, and. You mentioned this before we had uh, we had come on here that uh, you were looking at Ottawa's uh, or by memory we're uh, looking at Ottawa's schedule and the teams they beat and the teams that they lost to and we know they lost to London twice um, they lost to Saginaw I think you said they lost to Peterborough um, you know among the other top teams I think they fell once or twice to Oshawa. I just have to go back and double check to make sure, but uh, yeah. you know, the, when you look at the East and West, obviously it was pretty uh, telling that the West was a lot stronger than the East, like in most years. So that's where that debate kind of comes in, where you know you look at the competition, the Niagara's, the North Bay's, the Kingston's. Uh, you know, Hamilton I thought had a very good roster, obviously not the record that they wanted. So um, yeah, they were better than their record. Yeah, so Ottawa going up against those teams where London, you know, they had to play Flint where they were having the best season in fran- in their franchise since moving from Plymouth. Uh, Saginaw, again, another strong year. Uh, Kitchener out of nowhere um, had a great year. And even Windsor, where they kind of fell off there after New Year's, they still were putting up a good record. They were putting up goals. You know, they got good goaltending from Medina. Um despite not getting the most wins. So that's where you kind of look at it. And whether you have the debate, if they just look at wins and record and how many goals you scored and, you know, not at the opponents you played and the competition that you have to go through. Yeah, and also I feel like, we well, we've been in the media room, we've been in the press box, and I feel like a lot of the GMs don't look at that. They just look at the toughest team the team has to play, toughest matchup, and I feel like, that's what really helped turn in as well. I feel like GMs, not, they don't care about the record, like who they lost, who they won against, strength of schedule. I think they just looked at who's the toughest team to play against. I mean, Ottawa was balanced. I mean, they had a solid four lines they roll. And uh, that's another big reason for Turnier to win. Yeah, do you, I mean, I wanted to bring up this point, and you just said it. Um about uh, all those, geez, I just drew a blank, about all those uh, points you just made. But with the rosters, you know, the Kevin Ball, Marco Rossi, uh, uh, Keating, goaltender Andre, like, and where you look at London, your goaltender was a rookie. Yeah, who came up from junior C last season. I mean, he's probably the best story in the league this year, Brett Rochine, but... Ottawa was the more experienced team, and I feel like it was a good chance to have a guy win back-to-back coach of the year this year with Ottawa. Yeah, how much do you think that the players, obviously they're the ones playing, so um, they obviously probably have a factor, but uh, how much do you think that uh, they go into uh, the coach of the year decision? Because if you, obviously if you, have a good play, if you have good players, you're going to be good. Whereas, you know, a team that didn't have the the top-of-the-line roster like Windsor or even Kitchener, I didn't think, had a huge, like a great advantage of a roster coming back from last year and the one they built after the trade deadline, uh, you know, with the amount of success they had. But uh, how much 
they actually have into this discussion because it, they could have a huge impact on it. Yeah, well, I feel like a lot goes into development too. You see Michael Ross, you get 120 points this year as well. I feel like a lot, when you look at the development of the players, look at Jack Quinn, the amount of points he put up this season. I mean, putting up 52 goals, right, for Ottawa, and then Rossi, 120 points. I feel like that goes a lot into it as well because you see the numbers that young guys that are, aren't drafted players are in the draft year now. I mean, when they put up numbers like that, that kind of sticks out too, I think, for other GMs to see players develop the way they do. Yeah, well, and you talk about Quinn and, and Rossi, they're draft eligible this year. You know, they weren't, they haven't been picked yet by an NHL club, and they'll probably have to wait a little bit longer than they want to. But, um, you know, where's London? You had Foodie. Uh, McMichael had been drafted, you know. Um, but then again, you had Luke Evangelista, who is draft eligible this year. year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a career year. And I mean, he looks to get even better. I mean, it's the system, right, as well. I mean, they buy into the system, and they look pretty good. Yeah, well, I so, but Brochu as well, another one that is undrafted. He's in his draft year this year. If goalies look into that that much, <laughs> coaches system. Yeah, well, and that's where the general manager of the club has an impact on it too, because he's the one that gets these players, you know, drafts them or trades for them or signs them from free agency or from whatever club they were coming from, and you know, this really isn't a coaching award because a lot of factors have to go right for a coach to win and we've talked about it players the gm you know um the teams you play uh a lot and it's not just on the coach sure andre tournier is a phenomenal coach and there's a good chance that he'll lead team canada to and at least a silver medal next year in the world and he's juniors got good hands and everyone knows he has good hands <laughs> that that should be our twitter poll for this week uh, does he have better hand? What's better, Turnier's hands or the TSN camera? Ooh, I go with the hands because that was really a game as well. You'd just be like, did that glove save at the World Juniors when Andre Tournier, <laughs> the coach of the year? <laughs> That's your Twitter poll this week, everyone. All right. That's this week's Twitter poll. <laughs> yeah, you can find that at the Owen 60 podcast. We're on Instagram as well at the Owen 60 podcast. And call it. I forgot to say it off the top. Something happened uh, this week. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, what was it? We are now on iHeartRadio. Hey, now. I forgot to mention that off the top like I did with Google. Well, we got all... Yeah, Google Play, not Google Plus. I don't even know why. I yeah, that was, that was pretty... That was a blonde moment for you. That goes down in the blonde moment uh, Hall of Fame. Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what ha- this is what happens here when I do it by phone. We're just going to finish each other's sentences. Yeah, I mean, depending on how far social distancing goes, it might happen again, but I mean, if we're in studio, yeah. we're six feet apart, I think. I mean, I'm not going to measure, stick. but, you know. Just throw a hockey stick. True. <laughs> that's how I pick up the Uber Eats. Although, who is a hockey stick that's six feet? Uh, Zidane Chara. Yeah, Chara's huge. Kevin Ball, probably. Yeah. What the, shouldn't, should I ask him how long a stick is? That's a good Twitter question, too. That is a good Twitter question. Get to the interview? Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll hit the uh, break big and, uh, yeah, I'm big interview. Up. I'm pumped up for the interview. That was a fun one. Yeah, obviously it's pre-recorded um, because Colin was in studio for it. Um, so it will sound a little bit better quality, but, I mean, the phone here is actually pretty decent, so uh, we're not complaining whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Bell. <laughs> at least you have good phone service because your internet internet kind of sucks internet sucks your data coverage sucks but your phone service works in studio i've never had a problem with their data coverage oh wait i'm with telus never mind <laughs> jeez i forgot who i was with what's your phone supplier <laughs> yeah it's uh the telus uh teacher's plan they get uh discounts so hey now my dad's a teacher, so, you know, it's all I'm tied in. I'm still paying $100 a month. I'm still but, not complaining. But, I mean, 25 bucks of that is because of the phone I have, so not the plan yeah. itself. Yeah, that's what it is. It's always a phone. I mean, I go, I'm go. i an iPhone guy, so, I mean, I just oh, yeah. 
minimum one I can get, the minimum upgrade I can get. <laughs> I mean, the only reason I'm paying extra, like that much extra for my phone is because it's an iPhone 11. If I would have just stayed with the 10, like you know, would have been the uh, the smart thing to do. Whereas uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of money to go around in the world right now. Uh, I mean, I guess there is with the wage subsidy and the Sierra. But yeah, oh yeah, true. We'll, t- we'll probably talk about that later because that got us rattled. Probably come up during yeah. our traffic report because I was really angry coming into the studio today hey, with the traffic. So, you know what? Mine was a ten today. It was a ten. Oh my god! <laughs> the well, oh, did your driveway have no traffic? Well, no. There was a lot of the traffic. I had to move the car in the garage. I mean, I was gonna do it. I was gonna do it from the garage, but that didn't happen. And then I went to the pool deck because it was raining. So I had to come in. Now I'm downstairs in the office. So it's a quite the day. Oh, in the office, working guy. Big work guy. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, time to hit Get the, the break. The uh, car. What's that? Get to the guy with the nicest car in the league. Oh, yeah. Uh, Niagara Ice Dogs forward Jake Uberti coming up after the break. Uh, and we have some questions from an outside source uh, that we uh, – Moved forward to uh, ask Jake ourselves. So, uh, fun conversation with Jake Uberti coming up next right here on the Own 60 Podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 Pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward and for the second straight week, we are joined by Connor McDavid. What? Connor Mc- <laughs> McJesus! We found it. <laughs> uh, Jake Uberti, our guest this week. Uh, Jake, thanks so much for doing this. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. What was that clip all about? <laughs> um, well, we were playing a showcase in Windsor, and I uh, I had an interview after, and. I didn't realize the interview was was being recorded and like was going to be posted <laughs> everywhere. So I had a little bit of fun with it. And the next thing I know, everyone's calling me McJesus. <laughs> That's unreal. So, are you the maestro? Of course. Of course. <laughs> I pride myself in being a maestro. <laughs> <laughs> you wait. You wait till the guys hear this in the room. Oh, the I maestro <laughs> next year. Next year we got the bringer of snow. And then when you score, the maestro. <laughs> oh man! Every game I go to now in the press box in Niagara, it's gonna be a war. So oh my god! I'll be in trouble. All you guys are gonna have nicknames. Just don't, uh, just don't get the uh, visiting radio guys mad. That's the only thing <laughs> yeah. I found. The but, maestro scores. Yeah, you guys are playing Ottawa. I'll get the radio guy, the maestro. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, we've gotten uh, we've gotten a few questions from uh, from one of our uh, listeners. Uh, you might know him, uh, Jonah from uh, Richmond Hill. I think you've uh, crossed paths a couple times. Yeah, who? Yeah, I think I might know him. Yeah, who was your favorite bachelor contestant? Um, this year there wasn't a a good cross. Like, <laughs> like the year before was unreal. There was a couple girls I really liked, but uh, this year. I think it would have to be Hannah Ann for me. <laughs> That's unreal. He's probably he's gonna die when he hears oh, yeah. this. <laughs> all right, um, on all right. Serious yeah, to hockey. Uh, what does your training routine look like, Jake? Now that you uh, can't really do a whole lot, I guess things are starting to open up now. But there's still no gyms open. Uh, can't head to the Meridian Center if you wanted to and train or whatever. So uh, how are you staying in shape and I guess getting yourself ready for next season? Um, I've been really lucky. Uh, the gym I go to, Athletes Zone in Mississauga, they uh, they let me take home a bunch of equipment so I could do Ooh, uh, nice. do my normal off ice workouts at home in the basement. And then uh, just because I can't go on the ice and skate, I've been trying to do a bit of cardio every day, whether it be a twenty kilometer bike ride or or run for a little bit. Just just staying active all the time. Yeah, are you in uh, close contact right now with the Ice Dogs about your uh, training routine, or is it uh, pretty much however you feel like uh, you need to get better than that certain day? Um, well, as an organization, they trust us, and, and obviously they want us to uh, to excel and get better in the offseason. So they make sure that, uh, that we're not screwing around all summer and whatnot, but uh, they let us do what we need what we think we need to do for to get ready for the next season. Yeah, do you feel like you're uh, de- 
whether you want to use the word development or uh, or a training process has been uh, has been sort of tampered with or you know out of the ordinary, especially going into your going into your draft. Obviously, your draft year's over. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. It's it's definitely weird, but everyone's in the same position, right? So it's just a matter of of adapting to to what life is like now and then making the most of it. So we go back to your draft here. You get drafted by Niagara. What was that like uh, coming into the Ice Dogs with your minor midget teammate, Jonah D. Simone? What was that relationship like? And how was it to have a guy that you can rely on, communicate with, I mean, to get comfortable with the organization? Uh, yeah, it was it was really helpful. Um, we played together and knew of each other for, for quite a long time. And, and we actually ended up living together. Yeah, so I was just about to went, ask that. You guys built it yeah, together, we, right? Yeah, we went through a, a lot of the same experiences together and to have them there uh to talk to or or just 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 company that that you know uh it really helps and and over the past couple of years we've become like brothers with each other which is awesome yeah plus the car rides too <laughs> yeah yeah the car rides so the minor mississauga wraps minor midget team uh there's a few guys around the league from your team then do you uh, still keep in touch and when you're playing each other uh do you communicate a lot of trash talk or what yeah, whenever we play the Bulldogs, uh, I played with Renwick and, and Young. Whenever we play, uh, Renwick always gives it to me, and, and I just <laughs> lose my mind when he does. Yeah, you score a nice end-to-end goal, though, this year, so you can give it yeah, to him about he, that. He, he keeps beaking me even after. like He just gives it to me all the time. <laughs> we'll have to have him on. <laughs> have all three of you on. <laughs> have a roundtable once this quarantine's oh, over in studio roundtable. That'd be so funny. Yeah. Uh, with Jake Uberti of the Niagara Ice Dogs. And speaking of goals, you uh, really didn't get credit for your first OHL goal right away. I remember the game. It was the one and probably only trip I'll ever make up to North Bay because it was a little about cold. this year? October we're going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Any- anyways, <laughs> uh, there was a bouncing puck in front. It hit a few sticks. It was credited to Ben Jones originally, and then uh, obviously finally uh, they gave it to you uh I assume a little frustration there. You 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 obviously knew it was your goal, but was there just any just anxious moments? Just like, all right, announce it. It's my goal. Like, watch replays. Let's go. Um. Well, when it happened, uh, Jonesy Jonesy noticed that it uh, it went off me, and he grabbed the puck for me. Actually, so the guys on the bench and in the room they knew that I scored, but it was kind of just waiting for uh, for it to be official and for it to be changed. Uh, from Jonesy's goal to mine because uh, I guess they hadn't seen it go off my leg because it went off my leg. It was a really weird goal. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there wasn't much frustration. Obviously, the guys in the room were giving it to me a little because <laughs> at the time it was like three months in and and I, I still hadn't scored a goal. But, but yeah, when it was given to me, I was, I was obviously happy and relieved and then uh, just excited to get the rest of the season going. Would you say that was your welcome to the OHL moment, or what was, or what would that be your uh, welcome to the OHL moment? Um, I'd have to say my welcome to the OHL moment was uh, there were a couple of games where it went. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Uh, my welcome to the OHL moment was we played Sudbury and. Um, they had these twins on the team that were <laughs> oh yeah the pelons vicious and yep. yeah and I remember dumping the puck in and then a couple seconds later I just got leveled <laughs> and and I was kind of looking around like who was it like days like what just happened and and then it kind of just it hit me all at once like I'm here. like yeah uh, you're playing with older guys and. This is a much tougher league than you're accustomed to. And you can do it as well. Once you get hit like that, you take your first hit and you feel it. You score your first goal. You know you can do it, right? You know what you're capable of. So that's always yeah, exactly. nice to get the first hit out of the way. Yeah. Uh, with Jake Uberti of the Ice Dogs. Jake, obviously a big moment for you uh, and Jonah as well. Bring him into this. Um was Jonah's, Jonah's first OHL goal and just the – way you two sell it you give him a big hug and everything um was that just a moment where you know two best friends just sharing in the moment that hey we're we're at the highest level we can be and for at least the next two years and um this is pretty special 
Yeah, it was a pretty cool moment. Um, yeah, that uh, it was at that point where where we also realized that we were capable of playing in the league and, and contributing to a team. So that was pretty special. And then just just like the heat of the moment, I'm not sure if it was the first goal of the game, but it was really early in the game, and we were just really excited to score. So it was a really good moment to share with each other. Yeah, you did all the dirty work on that goal too, as well. So just gonna add yeah. that quick. Uh, Feel the fire there, the little rivalry. Uh, what was your best part about being an ice dog so far? What has the best part been? Uh, like, because of quarantine, I've had so much time to think about this. And just, I know it's really corny, but just all of it. Like, like you come it to the rank and it, it's one of the like best ranks in the league. Great staff, great coaches. Oh, yeah. uh, we have a great group of guys. Everyone gets along with each other. We have a really good time. And although towards the end of the season, it uh, it was tough for us. We just had uh, such a great group of guys so close that it made it more bearable in a sense. Yeah. Speaking of a great group, what has been your favorite off-ice memory so far with the guys? I mean, we heard the car story off air. What has been the best memory so far off it, like off ice? Um, for me, it would have to be uh, we had a we had a little get together. Um, we had a, we had a weekend off or or something like that. And we all got together as a team and, and we just had a really good time. Like, team like everyone just feeds off each other. And, and then before you know it, everyone's going and having a great time and really excited. So, so that would definitely have to who, be it for me. Who is that prankster in the ice dogs room? I know we heard from Jonah last week. He said Mason Howard was up there, the guy that always gives it to him. Who would you say the guy is in the room? Um, there are a bunch of guys actually like, like some guys aren't as vocal, but but sitting next to them and hearing the stuff they have to say, it's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. But um, Lodge gives it to all the guys. He, yeah. he makes sure everyone knows. A lot of energy, eh? Giving it too. Yeah. A lot of energy. I remember the game he was injured. It was a makeup game against London, and I remember in the press box, like he was into it. Like he had the energy going. <laughs> it was like he was on the ice. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, Jake. From your first season with the Ice Dogs, you. Only two goals, seven uh, assists, nine points, which rookie season, you know, that's still pretty good numbers uh, despite obviously there's limited playing time with the amount of talent that was on your team. But jump up to 33 points uh, this past season. What was the difference between obviously the experience, you know, being a rookie and everything? That's that's uh, pretty obvious there. But what did you feel? Do you feel like you had a different routine in that off season between your first two OHL seasons and your um, minor midget year and your first year in the O? Um. Yeah. Definitely. After playing a year in the league, you kind of, you, especially on the team that we had, you see what makes guys successful and what doesn't, and and how to train and really dedicate yourself to the game. And um, for the first. Uh, I really tried to implement that uh, last summer, and going into the year, I didn't have a very good start. Um, I was I was more feeling it out because it, it was like my first year actually playing a significant role in the league. So it took some time getting used to and figuring out what worked for me. But I feel like once I understood that and and what it took to to play and compete and contribute on a nightly basis. In the league, I feel like my game started to take off in the right direction. Yeah, each year's a step. Um, you also played in the Brick Invitational. What was that like? I mean, you hear all the stories about it. What was that like playing in the Brick Invitational? Um, that was a really great experience for me. Um, it was like going to the mall when we were like, I think we were 10 at the time when we played in the tournament and going to the West Edmonton Mall that that was that was a dream come true. Like, there's a rink in there. There's a water park, amusement park. Yeah. It was unreal. Like, I I couldn't get enough of it. We especially when you're young. Week. Yeah, especially when yeah. you're young. And like, you you hardly wanted to play hockey. You just wanted to, <laughs> to just explore them all. What is speaking of being younger? You you look up to players. What would your advice be to a younger player coming up through minor hockey that look up to you? They see you on the ice dogs. What would your advice be to that player? Um, my advice would be to to dedicate yourself to the game. If if you really love it, just put everything you have into it, and uh, 
and just work at it because things might not go your way at first, but eventually if you keep working at it, it has to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with uh, Jake Uberti of the Niagara Ice Dogs. Jake, is, you know, we talked about that tournament you were in when you were 10 years old, uh, your minor midget days, uh, working your way up to the O. You've completed your first two seasons. Uh, now that your second season is over, what's the draft preparation look like for you? You're ranked, uh, I just had it up on my computer here, uh, you're 147th by NHL Central Scouting. Um, other than training, has there been any other preparation that you've been doing or um, that your family has been doing, or has there been any teams that have been you know, uh, on your radar or have had a visit with you after any games? Um, right now, a lot of it's up in the air because we don't know when the draft is or if the NHL season is going to resume. So everything's kind of been put on pause with regards to the draft. Um, for me, preparing for it is just keeping a clear mind, uh, keeping what I want to do in the, the front part of my mind, and and just taking in everything that I've done over the season and, and learning from it. Like, obviously, the season didn't go as I wanted it to, but at the end of the day, it's about improving from year to year, from game to game, from shift to shift, and, and just really just trying to learn and prepare myself for next season because even if the draft doesn't go the way I want it to, there's there's always next year to prove myself and to to start to dominate in the league. Yeah, have you you gotten any advice from any of the guys you played with, whether it was Lognia, who was drafted by the Wild, uh, Keel Thomas, Phil Tomasino, like, have you gotten any advice from them or reached out to them about how this process goes about and um, maybe any advice they had for you? Yeah, um, Akil was really good to me. Uh, he drove us. He drove Jonah and I around in our first year when we didn't have cars, and he, he'd always give us advice. And the biggest thing for him, he said, uh, he said to enjoy it because there is there is a, a lot of pressure. You you can put a lot of pressure on yourself, but at the end of the day, it's another year in junior hockey, which is a great experience, and you should really enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who would so speaking of that, who would be your biggest influence on your hockey career so far? Um, I'd say my parents. Um, they never played the game, but I feel like the qualities that they've tried to instill in me have really helped me get to where I am. Um, my dad is really hardworking, as is my mom, and and they both see the world pretty differently, but... I think it's it's understanding both sides from where they come from and then trying to uh to mesh them together and and, f- and figure out the best way to go about things cuz cuz they both see things on two different ends of the spectrum so I think getting both opinions has have really helped me and uh and my hockey well, Jake, uh, we really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Uh, all the best to you uh, in the coming months, uh, whether uh, the NHL draft happens soon. Hopefully it does. Uh, and whenever the OHL season starts up again, uh, Jake, all the best. And again, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Yeah, thanks for having me, you guys. That was Jake Uberti of the Niagara Ice Dogs and 2020 draft prospect a nice fun little chat like jonas yeah Yeah, it's always nice to have guys that get into it they tell stories i mean yep they lighter side again the the fans like to hear and i I enjoyed that that was a fun one yeah it's not all about on the ice stuff you know there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes yeah nice to see uh jonah get uh give us a couple questions too from uh, richmond hill that was nice yeah loyal listener i know (laughs) jonah from richmond (laughs) hill i love that that's so funny Man. Um, all right. Uh, time for a break. When we come back, the big results. Yeah. The name bracket. We'll see who wins uh, our second matchup of round two. That's yes, coming sir. up after the break, right here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast, and we're back to the phone with Colin Ward. Uh, again, thank you to Jake Uberti for taking time out of his day to uh, to join us and talk about him, talk about his draft uh, preparation as he is ranked uh, 
around 110 to 120 um, in the NHL Central Scouting ranking. So sixth, seventh round. But uh, yeah, nice chat with a young man who uh, still has a lot of potential and a lot to show in this league. Yeah, he's a great kid as well. I mean, he's composed. He's very loose. I mean, we get him with the McDavid thing at the start. It doesn't phase him. That's a veteran media guy move. So <laughs> I like that. I like his uh, perseverance. Yeah. Any NHL teams that listen, scouts, GMs, check them out. Oh yeah, um, you're gonna get it. You'll get an underrated player because I feel like this year coming, hopefully it starts normally. I mean, I feel like he's gonna have a big role for that Ice Dogs team, and he's gonna contribute to a lot of points. He's very good with the puck, good skater. So you'll see him 19 years old in this league, and he'll he'll be one of those guys that own the league points wise. Yeah, and there's a good chance that he uh, he has an uh, an A on his jersey. Um, I know, third year in the league, you might not expect that uh, from a few guys, but uh, uh, obviously he's not an Akil Thomas or Phil Tomasino who did have an A uh, in their third season. But uh, you know, with the group that Niagara has right now, there's not a whole lot of veteran options available yeah. for that uh, for those roles so he'll more than likely uh, be wearing an A in his uh, in his I guess junior campaign because it would be his third and, season and really it doesn't really matter because everyone in the room knows who the leaders are anyways it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you wear an A a C it doesn't yeah. matter what letter you wear yeah that's the an interesting in question if guys really is. care about that yeah the guys in the room know who their leaders are they know who speaks up and a lot of teams that are good have multiple captains anyways yeah so yeah, well, just, Marner well, and Dvorak were co-captains in '16. Yeah, and then London did that this year with Foodie and Regula. Yeah, yeah. So it's not uncommon. I mean, even in the NHL, you, have, you see it. Yeah, when you have two top prospects like that here too in the OHL that lead by example on yep. and off the ice. Yeah, might as well reward them right there. Finally, days of junior hockey. Reward them going to the NHL. Yeah, I'm pretty Good sure point. the uh, Spitz did that in 2018 too. Uh, I think. If I'm not mistaken, I think Perbu might have been one of them. I can't quite remember who the other one was. I'm going to look it up quickly right now. But I know the Spitz had two captains um, during that uh, 2018 Memorial Cup uh, win. I can't really say run because they lost in the first round of the OHL playoffs to London. Yeah, that was the first. That was the first. Second was here. I keep forgetting that. That playoff run was insane, though. For... The whole league or London or Erie? To the West. Oh, to okay. The West. Yeah, that was pretty fun. I remember because I had the OHL live password from uh, from uh, being with the Ice Dogs. I watched every game of that London Erie series. Every game. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah, I was at every home game in London. Yeah. That was nuts. That, was, that game in game six, they're down 2 nothing, 2-1, two, 3-1. One, one. Mm-hmm. Going into the third, they come out. Max Jones took the game over. That was crazy atmosphere in London, 9,000 like that. Yeah. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it was. Uh, by the way, Windsor Spitfire captains, they had co-captains in 1617. Um, yeah, 1617. That was the year after that. Yeah, that was the year that they won it. Because fifteen sixteen was London. Yeah. Winning it in, uh, oh, where was that again? It was out west, Ooh, wasn't it? Red Deer. Yeah, Red Deer, yeah. And then the year after it was in Windsor. And that was when they had when they won. Yeah. So nine, nine, tw- there wasn't one in twenty 2020. twenty. Twenty nineteen was out east. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Then this year would have been yep. seventeen was in Windsor. Uh, Jeremiah Addison and Patrick yeah, Addison. San Vito were the captains that season with yeah, DG Asinto, Brown, and Chatfield as the uh, as the alternates. Chatfield would have been on my name bracket. He was still around in the league. Who? Chatfield. Oh, yeah. That's a good... I don't know. I like Cristiano DiGiacinto. Yeah, they have That's a, a pretty sick good, name. Yeah, they have a lot of good names. Yeah. Yeah. In that in 17-18 season, Aaron Luchuk was the captain with Luke Boca as, a, uh, as an alternate. And Luke Boca ended his career with the Spits, and his last two seasons, he wore the C. So, little Windsor oh, Spitfires. Uh, not history yet. I mean, I guess it could be, but... Yeah, captain on the history. verge of history. Yeah, whereas Harry Young was the captain for their Mem Cup years in 08 or 09 and 2010. Yeah. Remember Harry Young? Were, those were solid teams in Windsor. They were so deep. 
Yeah, his uh, his alternates in t- 2009-2010 were Greg Nemus, Adam Henrique, and Dale Mitchell. Hey, the Burford guy. Oh, yeah. Adam Henrique. Anaheim Duck guy now. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah. The, yeah, well, uh, tweet? move on from the spits. Um, a tweet just came out. Well, this is Friday we're doing this, so today. Um, from Mark Sheeg. I hope I got that last name right. Uh, covers the Erie Otters. Uh, just a quick bio for you. Uh, Blue Jackets, Otters, uh, writes for the NHL Draft, uh, uh, Cleveland Monsters. So he does a lot of work, and he tweeted out today that uh, Otters general manager David Brown, or Dave Brown, sorry, with an interesting point that uh, the CHL import draft has not, been set like no date no time um and whether there will be one pretty much because of all the international travel bans and you know no one can really come into the country yet and all this uh talk about um you know once they get here 14 day quarantine and uh whether this will actually happen so we'll start with you colin uh, you're just your thoughts on this low scoop i guess little scoop out of erie yeah, right now there's still a lot, a little bit of time yet, right before there is the import draft is canceled. But certainly, it's on, it's in the back of your mind, it's in the back of the CHL mind that I mean, a kid get canceled, you can't really take the risk of bringing kids over, it's mostly 17, 18 year old kids, right? You're talking about bringing them over to North America, possibly home for the first time, and then this pandemic right now, I feel like it's on the verge. It's not in a like. Uh, certainty right now like there's no certainty that it'll be canceled but there's chances right now for sure that it could be canceled well yeah and last year's didn't happen until june 27th so it's not like we're saying oh it's next week and there's no date or whatever no it this happens at the end of june so there's still a chance that the chl is just i don't know maybe waiting till like i don't know may 27th or 28th or whatever like a month out and say hey this is when it's going to be and what time it is or whatever also you might see guys get picked like you might see them do the draft virtually, like how they did it, how they did the OHL draft this season. You might see that, but guys not come over. Like you'll you'll pick. Oh, guys. just have their rights. Yeah, you'll just have their rights, but they'll never get over. So then you have the draft, right? Mm-hmm. And then if this pandemic hopefully gets over with before the season starts, then guys can come over and get quarantined for the fourteen days. Come over like that. Yep. Then you might miss the first. Two, three weeks of the season, but at least you get to play some hockey after that. Yeah, well, and you take the negatives with the positives. Yeah, a lot of teams really depend on this. So if there really isn't to be an import draft this season, then, you know, a team like Niagara, where they haven't had the greatest success in the import draft in recent years, although from what I've heard, Giancarlo Shanton actually turn, can turn out to be a really good, uh, really good pick for the Ice Dogs. But uh, when you look at Kingston, when Martin Kromiak, they took him second overall in this import draft last year. That just shows you how much this really means to teams. And when you look at Yuko Pekka Lukanen, sure, he played one season with the Sudbury Wolves, but, you know, he was the reason they won a playoff series last year, in my opinion. You know, Quinton Byfield yeah. in his rookie season, you know, still didn't have too much experience. Obviously, not ever playing in a playoff game before, but uh, it just shows how much uh, these guys really mean to teams and to come over from Europe. Uh, it's huge. Nisak as well for yep. Hamilton. You might see guys come over like that later on this year. But I think for sure the CHL is going to try to do a draft because it's so good for developing, right? These Europeans that come over, it's so solid for them. But you might see deeper talent, like maybe two years from now in the league because of this. But the only problem is with that, you're not going to see a lot of players be able to play mm. because all these it's going to be an older league. Yep. So hopefully the import draft gets in so then you can keep the league flowing smoothly. I mean, without it, it would be uh, certainly devastating for the league. Yeah, well, and that's a good point you just brought up is because you don't see a lot of guys who were drafted in the 10th round and beyond um, play a lot in the OHL. Even the U18 draft, if you're like, I don't know, the 10th overall pick in the U18 draft, there's a good chance you still won't play because that's just yeah. the way it's gone. You know, teams really yeah, don't read too much into the younger. U18. Yeah, U18, and usually they get a guy from a like a deeper team or add a guy. Mm-hmm. But even as a fourth line guy, be of 
work your way into being a veteran fourth-line center for the team for years to come. I feel like that's a new thing of the U18 draft, but certainly for goalies, for instance, it's a good, it's a solid draft. Yeah, I think that I think this could be a blessing for the league. I guess where teams look more into the U. And we had this discussion when it actually happened, but um, you know, teams not taking the U18 draft seriously, whereas. If you can't import players from Europe and draft them, and well, you're going to kind of have to take it seriously because you can't put 25, not 20, 18 to 20, um, you know, 18, 17, 16 year olds on the ice. You know, when you yeah. draft, when it's the import draft, they're usually not that young when they come over. That will uh, grow the grassroots level, though, like the minor midget year, the major midget year now. Mm-hmm. That's going to grow that a lot. It'll make that more competitive now. Yeah, and that might even, that's where it might have a ripple effect down the OJ and the uh, GOJHL and then Junior C Loop, where it might have a ripple effect on them where more oh. prospects are in the O. And, you know, those leagues are a little bit uh, less strong, I guess you could say. Well, the new thing is, I guess, the new uh, popularity thing, I guess, right now is to send goalies, and we heard from Hunter Jones a few weeks back how he played midget and minor hockey on a bad team. I feel like that's the new thing where goalies, especially for goalies, where they'll send them, you might see a couple defensemen do that as well, working Mm -hmm. on being defensive. I mean, play on a bad team, face a lot of shots, and uh, for defensemen learning how to defend, you might see that a lot more as well, play on a junior C team, possibly. Or uh, playing a bad junior B team, we just get peppered in shots. Yeah, well, we we had that discussion with Daryl Smart as well uh, on our draft show um, about the young guys that are playing junior B, junior C hockey right now, and the Guelph Storm have a goaltender that uh, he touched on um, playing at those levels where you know he looked really good there and. If you look really good uh, at the junior B level, it's still good hockey. Like I'm not, this is not taking anything away from the GOJHL. Like I loved going to watch the Cambridge Winter Hawks when they were around uh, um, before they were the Red Hawks. This was who eight nine years ago, I think it was, when I was living in Cambridge. I, I used to love going to those games, and you had some really high end talent. And um, when we were talking with Daryl about it, there's a lot of forgotten prospects there where. The import draft is a is a bust, and it doesn't happen. Or say you even have a bad draft, depending on um, the year, I guess. Uh, that's where that comes into play. Whereas you have to look at other options um, to fill those roles that are missing from the previous season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's important too, as well. You might see a lot more later picks now if you get the chance as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, We'll have to see again. Uh, last year's draft didn't happen until June 27th, so uh, there's still time. It still could happen. We're not saying it won't. It's just a interesting tweet from uh, from Mark Sheik, who covers the Erie Otters uh, on a daily basis. So we thought we'd uh, touch on that and good discussion for it. Uh, heading into our all name bracket for this week, and uh, my hey, guy got uh, got knocked out. Hey, hey, I mentioned he's a second round pretender. You did. You'd called it, but I'm like, nah, that's a pretty good name. And the fact that he's a goalie makes it even a little better. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, Joe Ranger falls to Navrin Mutter in uh, week two of round two. The work, 67% to 33%. The workout video? (laughs) That helped him over the top, eh? Yeah, Michael Rossi as well. You see that standing on the yoga ball? Yeah, I've seen that. Our guys in that league are staying in shape. Holy Better well, I mean, someone has to because I'm not, you know, yeah. doing too much working yeah. out right now. In know. the closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty accurate. Uh, so uh, week two's matchup of round two sees Navarin Mutter defeat Joe Ranger and brings us to week three of round two, and we move to the Western Conference where London's Stuart Roloffs, who defeated. His opponent last week, 67% to 33%, same as what uh, this last week uh, ended, as he beat Joseph Mack of the Sarnia Sting. And he's going up against Vladislav Kolyachonik, who a won his match. Yeah. A draft pick of the one tonight in the CHL import draft. Him and Matthew Guskov came over a couple years ago. 
Yeah, you're quite one and two picks. You're wondering whether this will be just a fan favorite thing where the uh, number of people that listen to this from London will just be like, oh yeah, Knights guys for sure. You know, uh, Roloff's going to move on, but uh, you know, a draft pick of the Knights too. So, you know, hey, uh, also shout out to our Flint listeners. I know there's a few. That may be close this week. I think yeah. I think Cole Chonak's the favorite. Yeah, I like Cole Yeah, I think, I'm going him. I think favorite going into this week. Yeah. It might not be as close as we think. Yeah, well, I mean, there was a matchup last week where it was Austin Swankler. He went 83% to 17% over Arbor Jackeye. We did not see that coming. We thought Jackeye would have gotten a lot more votes. Yeah, that's because I feel like people don't know how his name is. I feel like Mm, we need the audio behind it. Yeah, yeah, true. We'll try and we'll hit up Mike Farwell. Be like, do you have any Arbor Jackeye audio to prove that's actually how you say his name? Yeah, rematch. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> like <laughs> the, it's like in the old video game days when you press re- restart. Yeah, and you're losing. Yeah, what do you mean? I still do that <laughs> <laughs> on the games yeah. that you can. There's not a whole lot of games where you can just hit restart and it starts you over. Yeah, I mean PGA Tour, the golf game that I just got like two or three weeks ago or whatever, I was doing pretty bad on my uh, tour career. So I was like, yeah, I'm starting this over. So, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's like going back to the first hole in real. Yeah, pretty much. I wish I could do that in real life. I wouldn't say I'm the Tiger hey. Woods of amateur golf. Not even close. Yeah, of course, they're open. I'm hey. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there's there's a course last year I went to with, uh, with my buddy. And for anyone that watched our uh, or followed – our podcast showdown on Chell, uh, Ben Hall, and uh, we went golfing at uh, uh, Copetown Woods. Hundred bucks for eighteen holes. That's not bad. That's solid. Yeah, but you got the high tech cart too, so that kind of added to it. It had like the um, the GPS and like the yardage wow. and like where all the hills and bunkers were and everything. Like it was high tech. Like I'd never seen a golf cart like that. Uh, big time. Yeah. So, all right. We're uh, coming in, coming to the uh, end of our show. Uh, again, like our... Uh, traffic report? Yeah, we're going to have a traffic report. Um, I already did mine. Yeah, you did yours, so I'll get to mine. I totally forgot about it. Um, so, because this is Friday and people are going to be listening to this on Tuesday, so it kind of is a moot point, but uh, stores aren't open yet. They don't open till Saturday. Golf courses aren't open till Saturday. What the heck are you doing? There were so many cars on the road. It was awful. Yeah. It's like, it's just, all you had to do is, it's like Doug Ford snapped his finger and it just switched. Like, there were no cars on the road. Snapped his finger and then boom. Yeah, but at like 11 a.m., you're leaving already? I don't know. Maybe I. Like, don't people still work? Aren't people still working from home? Like. You would think. I mean, unless they're not. Playing hockey. Um. <laughs> Rat them out. I mean, you know, yeah, I guess I guess if they don't have fixed hours from their boss, which is tough to do when you're at home, but I do know a couple people where they have to be not necessarily doing a whole lot of work, but they do have to be online and, you know, um giving updates to their boss about how far they've gotten on their work. So, I mean, yes, I guess if you want to beat the traffic too, it's probably going to get pretty busy soon. Yeah, what's your score on it? Ooh, that's a solid th- Four and a half. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, that, it was brutal. That hard, is that your harshest one? I think so. I think so. The only reason I say that is because of the amount of cars on the road, first off. And second yeah, off, there was a transport truck in the left lane going 95. Oh, like, that's, I know they're still yeah. working and they're like delivering all the food and goods and everything we need. And, you know, kudos to them for doing a great job. But stay out of the left lane. Like, I'd like to do 115, please. Yeah, thank that's you. Tough. But yeah. you know, whatever. They're not all times. <laughs> no, they're not. But uh, you know, next week I'll be back. Yeah, you'll be in studio next week. Uh, I don't have anything going on, so we'll be good. Hopefully, I have another guest for you too. Yes, sir. Keep the streak going. That could be our uh, yeah. Get a franchise record. Show high. Yeah, franchise record. Sweep the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, as we wrap it up, again, thank you to Jake Uberti for uh, for joining us on this week's show. Again, you can find yeah, our all-name 
bracket up on our Instagram at the Owen 60 podcast. Uh, Stuart Roloff's taking on Vladislav Kolyachonik. Uh, and on Twitter, we have a poll this week. It's uh, did Andre Tournier's glove save in the World Juniors uh, put him over the top for OHL Coach of the Year? So you can find that up on our Twitter at the Owen 60 podcast. And uh, thank you to Colin Ward for trying to be on his deck, but the rain wouldn't let him. Yeah, I had a nice weather day today, and then Mother Nature ruined all my prairie. Brutal, but I got I dr- yeah. I I probably have to drive home in that, so it'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, probably it's just rain. It's not like it's snow, so it'll be okay. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next week uh, here on the Owen Sixty Podcast. Hey, go on. Hey now.